The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Day Show. And happy Friday. I am Steve Dace. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show here live on The Blaze on demand at CRTV. We love to know what you think about what we think. 888-900-3393 is the number. 888-900-3393. You know, I've always wanted to have someone to operate a 900 line. Right? Weren't those cool back in the day? Did you, did you ever call 900 lines back what, in the what, day, Todd, for wait, like score what, updates and stuff like that? What are 900 lines? And no. Okay. So we're not going to help you here. No. You're on your own. I, I know there was like a seedy, salacious underbelly. I'm sorry about this detour, but there was like, you called 900 lines for like all <laughs> kinds of cool things back in the day, right? You got score updates from out of town scores. That's when you voted on contests. You may have done it, but I'm not sure it was cool. You're, you're kind of gussing it up a little bit. Hey, don't sit here and tell a 45-year-old guy wearing a Darth Vader T-shirt. He's not cool. All right? Where's your 8-track tapes, Steve? And, and, you know, well, they're cassettes. Thank you. <laughs> Steve at stevedace.com is the email address. You can like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show. Todd is here. Aaron is here. Nate Madden is our congressional correspondent at Conservative Review from a bunker. Apparently, where he's getting ready for the zombie apocalypse. How are you, Nate? Um, we're just getting ready for the weekend. I'm working from home today since Congress isn't here, and I mean it's election season. I can track all that from the home office. How y'all? Uh, you know, I, Nate, I have a complaint about your shot. Can, I, I know Aaron doesn't want me to talk about this on the air, yeah. but it, it's missing something. Can can you have like maybe What's an AR-15 mounted on the wall behind yes. you? It just feels like there's a missing element here. Or am I wrong? Otherwise, we've touched literally see, every right-wing bucket. Well see, done, Nate. See, the audience thinks we're just joking about that being a bunker. Okay, yeah, That's I mean, really a bunker. That's yes, why there's, is, also, there's also a Bible over here on the bookshelf. Yes. Yeah, yes. But, yeah, I'll work on getting a long gun on the wall here. Yeah, next time we have this shot, if there's not an AR-15 on your wall, I don't want to live in this world anymore. Let's get to the day's group. It is your weekly look at the week that was, and we begin with issue one, 10 days away. The Real Clear Politics House map still has a decided advantage for the Democrats with 205 sure forecasted seats, the Republicans with 199, and 31 seats still in toss-up territory. The Senate appears to still be favoring Republicans with 50 seats to the Democrats' 44, with six toss-up seats. But NBC News released a poll this week which shows a decided and sometimes very large lead in early voting for Republicans in Arizona, Florida, Georgia, Indiana, Montana, Tennessee, and Texas. Most of those states are deep red, but it may indicate that the Democrats' hopes of a road win may still prove to be elusive. All right, first question. Nate, we're going to start with you as our guest panelist here today. Uh, as, As you look at the week that was in this campaign, who was the big winner, big loser? What say you? 
Uh, big winner, I think, is probably uh, Ron DeSantis uh, out in the Florida governor's race. Not only is he getting a huge boost from the fact that we've got new revelations coming about against his Bernie Sanders-backed Tallahassee mayor opponent, Andrew Gillum. He's also starting to slowly climb up in the polls, as we've, as we've seen evidenced by a recent two-point uh, lead that he has over his Democratic opponent. And biggest loser, I have to say, is Andrew Gillum. Guy was caught admittedly, like not admittedly, but was caught in documents to be taking Hamilton, like Broadway tickets from undercover FBI agents in the middle of a big, big corruption investigation a couple of years ago. And the only thing the guy can do is try to blame the racism of the Republican Party for pointing out that he did something that looks really bad. So I agree with your analysis up until about 20 minutes ago. Okay, so we, we're going to have a discussion about the latest on the bombing story, including the breaking news this morning, a little bit uh, later on in this. In fact, it's going to be issue two. So without delving into the story itself, but since you went there politically, if indeed it turns out that these early reports, Nate, are confirmed that this is a middle-aged uh, white supporter of Trump, uh, who's got all the crazed bumper stickers and everything in the world that you can imagine, all the anti-CNN memes on his van, of all that stuff that we're seeing on social media as we speak, if it all is confirmed true, what does that do to your analysis of the of the Florida governor's race politically? Hmm. Wild card. It depends on who gets out in front of this thing in the uh, fast enough. I don't think DeSantis's campaign is going to have a problem distancing themselves from this sort of thing. I, I, I just have a hard time believing that, it, that, that it's going to weigh that much on a race where there's already so much information flying around. Okay. At the very least, would you and I both agree it's going to take the Gillum stuff with the Hamilton ticket you mentioned? Out of sight, out of mind. That, that's out of the news completely and everything, out of the media now. Yeah, it will take it out of sight, out of mind. It will, it will. Uh, and the thing is, you know, most... Most people in this race have already had their minds made up for a while. I think it's somewhere in the 70s for each candidate have already had their minds made up. Right. And, and there's no chance of changing. So you've got, uh, you know, a guy who appears to be a very corrupt politician versus a guy who is backed by the president who's being blamed for. All right, we've got some problems with his feed. We're going to reset it. So, Todd, your <sighs> thoughts. got a fair point on that. Big winner, big loser this week. What do you think, Todd? Well, uh. I am going to simply set aside uh, the uh, the arrest, who it may or may not be, just for, because it happened so recently. I, I, I just say yeah, we don't have a name yet. Yeah, say who the winner yeah. or loser before that. I, I I think the winner was clearly to the degree that people are paying some level of attention now. We've got to count on that. If not, there's no point debating any of this. But the the uh, winner would be straight ticket Republican uh, voting. Uh, when you've got uh, somebody like Megyn Kelly being outed as like the next grand wizard of the KKK, <laughs> people are just like, okay, no, 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 no. They're going to go in there and they're just going to say, not, not because they're even pro- Megan Kelly, but that's like all she said was like if like when Steve and I were um, ten years old and we just thought Lando Calrissian was right. the bomb and we put yeah. that plastic mask that somehow when you watch we were, the clip that's clearly yeah. the con she's not when she used the term black face she's yeah. not talking about she wasn't talking about Al, Al Jolson or Amos no. and Andy it was clear she was referencing yes. what you're talking about it's a white kids dressing up like Billy D Williams and Lando Calrissian yeah. and she was just she was just fired for that so. 
the, the clear winner uh, is a straight ticket Republican uh, voting. Uh, the clear loser uh, is uh, the uh, mouthpiece of the Democratic Party, uh, the press. I, I'm probably uh, just beating dead horses now on this, but I, th- they are just out there in the open now. You know, like in um, uh, Revenge of the Sith when uh, they finally figure out uh, that Palpatine is the Emperor and they come in to confront him and then he, start, you know, he starts cackling in the lights. I mean, it, it's known now. They are uh, who they thought we, we thought they were. Um, and more and more people are seeing it now and they're increasingly uh, resenting it. So uh, again, because... I firmly believe in the one who is dumbest last loses. A lot can change and may have just changed. And everything I may have said may be a moot point on some level. Up until, as Steve said, 20 minutes ago, that's my diagnosis. All right, Aaron, what do you think? Uh, biggest winner this week was um, any any notion of um, of people who like insanity. Um, those were the, the, the biggest winners because yes. that's just that's just another day that ends and why in our country is is insanity. So. Uh, actually, insanity. We'll just well, insanity was the, the winner this week. Uh, the biggest loser, I would say, were uh, people. Uh, I, I would. We're going to talk about this later, but um, Nate brought it up first. I, I think the biggest loser is it has to be Ron DeSantis at this point. If everything we're being told initially about who they arrested in Florida today connected to the bombings is correct, and the pictures coming in of this dude's van are any indication of his India, ideology, which I don't know why they would be any different then that's going to be very, very difficult uh, for anybody, any Republican probably aligned with Donald Trump to win in in Florida. So that was probably the, the biggest loser of the week. Todd, to your point about the, the media being the loser, do you mean in terms of just any, because I kind of view the media as judgment proof. Like, you know, what is judgment proof is a term for uh, somebody that owes, has so many liens and so much debt that, it, there's, it's pointless to go to court with them because you'll get a judgment, but it's, you're just never going to get paid. And the, and the costs of, of seeking this action will never be recouped, so it's a pointless exercise. Aren't we that way with the media? I mean, how much lower can, can their credibility, can their ratings go? Um, it, this is clearly a foreign news agency is what you're addressing. Yeah, they they they're they're broadcasting to and from and for another country, so how can they lose any more than they've already lost? Like you're in a way. Let me put it another way, and I'll use this analogy on purpose because I know it would drive our our buddies in the liberal media mad. Like if you ran Russia today or Al Jazeera, would you care what a Todd Erzin in uh, Arlington, Texas, cared about your credibility? Would you care? I understand. No, because you're not right. you're not the audience. You're in another country, right? You see where I'm getting at? I do. I, how much of this is at this point? Their stock is so low, and they they've been so outed, and it's so obvious that large remnants of America are not their in, in, intended audience anyway. That they can kind of just say and do whatever they want now because the the jig is up. There's nobody. Everybody knows this now. So, I mean, they could, they can just, CNN can literally, Jake Tapper can go on CNN yesterday and say, nobody's blaming the president 
for these bomb threats. While, while his while his own boss, <laughs> the president of CNN, is issuing written statements blaming the president, and the cryins on his own network are 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 saying President Trump refuses to take accept responsibility for that. You see what I'm saying? They don't. It doesn't matter anymore because. They're not talking to anybody whose votes are remotely winnable for Democrats anyway. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. What do you think? No, you you might be right, but I am absolutely counting on uh, the status quo being the status quo until it isn't anymore. And things uh, of this age need to crumble before something rises out of the ashes. Uh, And the fact that uh, sunlight is increasingly uh, upon the press. There's just a lot of people, Steve. You, you know, you know, it's just within the, our own movement. Mm-hmm. You know, how for them to accept reality as it is. And there's just a lot of people out there that haven't accepted the reality as I've known it for a long time that the press <clears throat> doesn't like them. It is their enemy. They're like, ah, oh, come on. No, not really. You know, there's two sides. No. They really hold you in contempt. And getting to understand that is a way of all kinds of awakenings in people, putting aside the people that they used to trust and finding something really worth trusting, starting with the the, um, revival that we often talk about. we got to put away the old lies, and the press is one of the greatest old lies we have. Nate, let me throw this question to you. Do you think— there's any, and I mean like literally one carbon-based life form in a in a in a suburb of of Tex of of Texas or Iowa or any state Trump just won, who would even think about voting Republican in ten days, who is who 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 Kate Katie Turr at MSNBC or Nicole Wallace it could persuade? Do you think that person even exists anymore? I mean, it's hard to prove a negative. There's got to be, you know, like maybe five of them, maybe. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I did give you, I did give you fish in a barrel. I did say you can have any carbon-based life form. So there's got to be probably one guy, right? One person. Sure. There's probably like, yeah, there's probably like two or three people who have completely checked out of what the last two and a half to three years have actually been and mm-hmm. meant. But yeah, yeah, there's probably a handful of people like that left. That is not a sizable, electorally significant number of people to even get into discussing. The only reason I bring this up, because and I, I know I ask a lot of our movement to maybe do what might be effective in advancing our agenda more than low-hanging clickbait. But, and, I, and this is our fourth rail, is, is, is going after media bias. Okay, I mean, this is, you know, I mean, this, this is the equivalent of me walking into you guys to, to you know... Uh, to to uh, uh, to mass and asking you guys to get rid of one of your sacraments Protestants don't agree with or you walking into my church and vice versa Todd okay I mean this is this is holy writ in conservative media is that whole 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 careers mm-hmm. are dependent upon whack whack a mole with media bias yeah I just don't know Aaron that mm-hmm. it, it it advances any goal we have anymore. Because I don't believe there's a wide swath of the reachable electorate for us that doesn't know this, that that, that isn't already yep. aware of this. Yeah, no, that's absolutely correct. And uh, I, 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 it exists for clicks now uh, more than anything and just affirmation or confirmation of um, what 
I think most people who we could actually, uh, like you, I think the term you just used was reachable people, um, would actually be, uh, it just exists for them now. I, I don't think there's any, any audience out there at, at the moment who, um, is really taking either side of, um, trying, trying to, trying to look at media objectively right now. Yeah. I don't see either- any nonpartisan, a liberal or leftist. And, and I, you know, we work in this culture every day, full time. We're pretty self-aware about what goes on around here. I, I don't name me one non-liberal partisan or outright leftist defending the credibility of the mainstream media. Name me one. It's it's less about that. You're you're absolutely right about the direct effect that Katie you mean aside Turr from has. the leftists who work there. Um, but you, but, <laughs> I heard that Nate. Nice. But the, the, the soup <laughs> that we're swimming in, Steve. That right. daily it d- does not call into question insane cultural takeovers like transgenderism and everything under. And it's just day after day. And it's you. F- a lot of people give in because you just feel like that's that's the tide of history. You're right. And that you're, that you're those, is, you know who most of those people are though, Todd. It's the people you know who there are people that Todd is talking about, most of them, Nate, are the ones you're covering in elected office on Capitol Hill or at state houses around the country. Republicans in elected office are, are literally the only non-progressive people left in America who think that what is said on the Today Show is going to impact who wins a suburban election in any state in the country. They're the only ones left, Nate, I believe. Yeah, except for those like, you know, those five carbon based light forms that I've alluded to in Texas and Iowa earlier. Yes, no. And that's that's one of the just the mind boggling things about working on Capitol Hill and seeing the media responses there, seeing the responses to media stories and the apprehension and the tiptoeing and the walking on eggshells that comes from Republicans who ought to know by now they're not ever going to get the kind of favorable headlines they want, Mm -hmm. but they still do this grand, gigantic kabuki dance, thinking that they're somehow going to reach someone whose mind is actually going to be changed by what they say on CNN and by what the New York Times writes about them. Yep. I think that if we're going to continue our our pushback on media bias, Todd, I think we need a more a, a more specific target. I think the public at large is way is 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 that that is reachable for us by and large understands and and the ratings point this out. No one no one outside of their partisan spheres are watching any of this stuff. Okay, Fox has the by far the number one most watched cable network. Its primetime audience is four and a half million people. That's like three percent of the people that voted in two thousand and sixteen. I think we need to do this in a way that goes after the Republicans who kowtow to this. You know what that, I'm saying? That's fine. Do they count? Yeah. Do yeah. they kowtow because they legitimately think that uh, the media is still somewhat influential, or do they kowtow because they don't want to be chased out of a restaurant by a mob? Yes, and and there's a third reason because they actually agree more with the media yeah, than they do with us. Don't ever forget that. that. Most that. of these Republicans are small p progressives, but one way that you mm-hmm. get the answer to your question mm-hmm. is is and you start thinning the herd is you is is you go after media bias in a way that says to Republicans, why are you succumbing to this? Why do you care what these people think? No one that's voting for you, literally no one, literally no one. And I mean like, guys, I've done all the research. I've gotten paid from campaigns to do this for the last 10 years. Literally no one who, who, is, who would vote for Lindsey Graham in South Carolina is, is persuaded by any of this stuff. Literally no one. Like literally this, this voter literally does not exist. I, I agree with that, but this level – I think I found an analogy that you may dig. Okay. This level of propaganda, though, and it's that. It, it, it simply cannot 
there must be justice uh, on some level for it along the lines of what you talk you make you make the great Josiah Hezekiah comparison mm-hmm. like Josiah along with his revival I mean, went he to the high places he did yeah he didn't just yeah. say you know we got our ship righted and there's always going to be some freak shows over there yeah. so you guys keep no he marched right in there and said your time has come and it, just in terms of the propaganda that has replaced journalism if we want to get our, if we, I'll sign up for that. You if bet. we want to get our society back, I don't. I just can't rationalize it away as simply no one cares about you anymore. They affect enough of the narrative that people unconsciously swim in every day and feel they can't fight against that it. It can It must be confronted. All right. Exit question. If the current hopes, you've asked this every week, we've talked about the campaign. Let's ask it again. If the current hopes of Republicans in the 2018 election were an ACDC song, which ACDC song would it be? A, it's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. B, highway to hell. C, shoot to thrill. Aaron. C, no, just kidding. B. <laughs> I, I knew what your answer was why I went to you first. Nate, what's your answer? It's a long way to the top. the the numbers the the numbers and the trends that I keep watching. We'll see how this plays out. Uh, this new information about the specific packages, but the numbers up to this point, up to that twenty minutes ago, Mark, where we started getting this information, were pretty pretty positive, mm-hmm. both in the Senate and the House, from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. So we we'll see how this plays out over the weekend. It's in fact, this morning Monday. I saw a key suburban toss up district in Illinois that I had awarded to the Democrats in my predictions I'd given to CRTV uh, earlier this week, I saw a Cook political report flip that district to lean R today. So, Agreed. I'm still A for all the reasons Nate said. All right. Issue two. Bombs. Really? It started with a report of a package bomb or pipe bomb sent near George Soros's Westchester, New York home on Monday. Then Wednesday and Thursday and now into Friday, Reports of bombs showing up en route to the Clintons, Obamas, in New York, Robert De Niro's restaurant, Joe Biden's residence, Maxine Waters' residence. This morning, it was Cory Booker and James Clapper and others blistered news coverage for days on end. This morning, authorities arrested a man in Florida in connection with the case. That didn't stop media and politicians from wildly speculating in the days leading up to his arrest. There's no need, there's no reason to assume motives, to assume anything at this point. But we do know what all of these targets have in common. These are all targets uh, that have been criticized mercilessly by right-wing outlets. CNN President Jeff Zucker says there is a total and complete lack of understanding at the White House about the seriousness of their continued attacks on the media. This is political terrorism. This is American terrorism. This is red versus blue Terrorism. Jennifer Rubin is correct. We've never seen a mass assassination attempt on this level before. And we have to do everything we can to bring our country together. We also have to elect candidates who will try to do the same. You cannot be civil with a political party that wants to destroy what you stand for. Schumer and Pelosi say time and time again, the president has condoned physical violence and divided Americans with his words and actions, expressing support for the congressman who body slammed a reporter, neo-Nazis who killed a young woman in Charlottesville, and his supporters at rallies who get violent with protesters, dictators around the world who murder their own citizens, and referring to the free press as the enemy of the people. Speaking in Wisconsin, uh, speaking quite hypocritically, I I just have to say, uh, he talked about explosive devices being sent to former uh, government officials 
He made no mention of an explosive device sent to this building behind me, the headquarters of CNN, a news organization he routinely attacks. He calls reporters the enemy of the American people. We suck. All right, some late breaking news on this, by the way. Uh, multiple media outlets are now reporting his identity. 56-year-old Florida man. Really? Really? Florida man? Again? 56-year-old Florida man. His name is Cesar Altiari Sayak. Cesar Altiari Sayak, 56, of Florida. Uh, he is the uh, white male that was arrested by the FBI and Miami-Dade County Police today. Our Jordan Schachtel, uh, who covers uh, national security issues uh, for us at Conservative Review, uh, just tweeted out. He did a little uh, background check into this guy and his previous arrest record uh, because we, he's, he's, he's been charged with previous bomb threats, grand theft, felony battery, several retail theft charges, several probation violations as well. So yet again... Another known wolf out there on the streets. So I'm just going to open the floor. Who? I'll start with you, Todd. Your thoughts on what we know as of 12.25 p.m. Eastern time and what it may or may not mean. His name is Caesar. Uh, I'm looking at a picture of him. White guy, Caesar uh, Altiari Sayak hmm. is his name. Wow. Okay. Uh, my, my main thought is uh, akin to what I said uh, before the election of 2016, it's all come true. The uh, it we thought that was insane, and I said 2017 is going to be more insane, and and that has happened, and so on, and so on into uh, uh, 2018. There's nothing aspirational about our civil discourse and our trying to govern uh, the public square, and so when that happens. Uh, I've made this. I've tried to communicate this in various ways, but we we are become. Uh, and it, Steve talks about Cheetos. Cheetos are steak. We'd be lucky to have Cheetos or Cheez-Its or what, you know, we, we are just crack addicts now in terms of our civil discourse. And when you are an addict, you need bigger and worse fixes to keep that thing going on. And all of the violence we've done to reason and science uh, and decency is now manifesting itself into increasing levels of actual violence and it couldn't be any other way there is nothing new under the sun this guy look at look at that rap sheet he's like many guys that have murdered before they have a long rap sheet you could see this coming a a long way this isn't going to hang i mean this may impact the election but he it will also be a distraction of what really is ailing us it goes way beyond the this this wolf we are all guilty of this unless we all raise the bar fast more is a coming. Nate, what do you think? I think we're in a situation where this guy, at first glance, based on what the, the research Jordan did there and pulled up on him, this looks a lot like the same kind of profile as the as the congressional shooter, the James Hutchinson's. Like very clearly, a nut job, like disturbed guy who acted on a political impulse. Uh, but the, the the key thing here is going to be to watch how it's handled by. The mainly by the legacy media. Are they going to give him the same deference and talk about all the same mental health stuff? At, well, that they give to the James Hodgkinsons of the world, talk about the mental health problems of all of all 
all the suspected jihadi terrorists, uh, all the jihadi terrorists out there. Oh, it's a mental health problem, not an Islam problem. Blah yeah, blah, blah blah blah. Asked and answered your answer. We hammering we, this home to talk we, about how we. Yeah, you, Nate, you know the answer to that question. There, we, know. We, we know how this is going to go down. Yeah, who I would not want to be for the next three days, if not longer. I'm, just, I'm setting the table. Let me set a table. I, I wouldn't want to be a Republican running in a blue state because if my theory of news media is no. accurate, then I don't think this changes a single vote in Texas. I don't think this changes a single vote in West Virginia or Missouri. Um, I wouldn't want to be a Republican running in Texas where the other America's media or other Republican running in a blue state, Nate, where the other with the other America's media penetrates and has influence because you're going to get annihilated the next few days with this stuff. Am I wrong? What do you think, Aaron? Yeah, yeah I don't. I mean, that's that's why I said Ron DeSantis was the loser. Unfortunately, not because of necessarily anything he did, but this is just the the circumstances that we that we find ourselves in. And along the lines of what Todd was saying, I'll say this again. Um, I, I said this yesterday on the roundtable on the CR roundtable. I'll say it again today. Um, regardless of who did this, and it sounds like we know who that is now for sure. Uh, what their motivations were, um, where they came from, uh, what their affiliations are, regardless of all of that, the fact that we are in this position right now is a symptom, a symptom of the environment that we find ourselves in. So Todd is absolutely right. Everybody has, uh, everybody has in some way, um, some 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 blame to share for this. Uh, and again, not taking responsibility for a crazy person. But this is um, this is a symptom of our environment of both sides. As as Eric Erickson was trying to talk to uh, Katie Tur this morning uh, before she went ballistic on him, both sides both sides definitely have blame in this. It's just I don't see any any circumstance where we actually realize and do something about that. All right, when we come back, Michael Evanetti outed as a fraudster, what it means. Stay tuned. More of the Dace Group here on The Blaze, live on demand at CRTV. You know, if fake news were a product, it might be a superfood. You ever taken a look at that superfood container you're buying? And it says on the back, supplemental facts. Might as well say alternative facts because it means that that food was made from extracts or that supplement was made from extracts and not from real food. So with the goal of creating a real superfood specially designed to enhance your health and help you reach your full potential, a team of top physicians gathered to form Brickhouse Nutrition, and they want to introduce our audience here today to Field of Greens. It's the first real superfood, and the difference that sets it apart can be seen right on the bottle. Instead of supplemental facts, you see nutrition facts because it's made with real food. It's a real food. One scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real, certified vegan, vegetarian, and USDA organic fruits and vegetables, complete with those antioxidants that boost the immunity system, perfect for cold and flu season that is looming nowadays. This is a daily clean green energy that fuels your body for a healthier and happier lifestyle. For a limited time offer, visit BrickHouseSteve.com. That's BrickHouseSteve.com. And use promo code Steve to get 15% off of your first order. Again, BrickHouseSteve.com, promo code Steve. And today you can experience a better you for tomorrow. So we ran out of time and I didn't get a chance to go to the exit question. And I was going to kind of skip it actually. And then Todd 
you you want you ins- you wanted it asked. Okay, so because I want to answer, you want to answer. All right. So my exit question for the day's group in issue two about what we're learning in about uh, the Florida bomber Caesar Seiko or Sayok. I've seen it spelled pronounced both ways. Uh, the president is speaking about it as we speak. Um, on a scale of one to ten, with one being nothing burger, and ten being metaphysical certitude. How would you rate the potential for actual civil war in America? I mean, we're, we're engaged in one, in a, in a sort of a cold civil war right now. I mean, a hot civil war. What would you say the odds of that happening, Todd are? It's a 10. You think it's a 10? It's a, it's a, cultures always lie to themselves about this and think it's not right around the corner and they're almost always wrong. You know, wait, we're just, we're, what's the Archduke Ferdinand assassination or what? That's coming well, around you know, the corner to like. I, I said last June when I was on with Brian Stelter and Reliable Sources right after the, the 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 shooting at the Virginia or the attempted mass assassination at the Virginia ball field with all the Republican congressmen that I used that analogy. Yeah. I said that that th- that could have very well been an Archduke Ferdinand kind of a moment and that I was, had gone down. And it doesn't have to. There's there's been. There's things called the Hundred Years' War that go on, and it hasn't been like a hundred straight years of constant. You know, it, it it wouldn't necessarily instantly mean North versus South or something like that, but it would it it, it can definitely be something resembling a a a level of instability that clearly means a culture is is broken and at war. What do you think, Nate? Scale of one to ten. What do you think the odds are? Seven. Uh, I think that the conflict in some point, hot conflict in the streets is a metaphysical certainty. Whether or not that will actually reach the level of organization, like this is my international politics nerd coming out. Mm -hmm. Whether that will actually reach the level of organization necessary to classify it as a civil war, I'd say that's about a seven, but it would take something like the Alexandria shooting, or probably since that didn't work, probably something more massive than that or this. But some sort of cataclysmic event that would really galvanize and separate people and, and send them into this sort of situation. I shudder to think what that will be, but I don't doubt that it'll happen in the next 10 years. So that the first scenario you articulated, you're basically talking about what went on in, at Berkeley a couple of years ago with you know beatings of Trump supporters. You're talking about that sort of spilling out into the streets, and that's a distinction from the actual, organi- actual. I, or, organized tribes on both sides that have 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 are officially declaring war right yeah versus like say, say um, you know a resistance rebellion an outright resistance rebellion against mm-hmm. the uh, trump run government or a vice versa following 2020 or 2024 i i think that's less of a certainty than actual just violence in the streets spilling out and becoming a nationwide phenomenon what do you think Aaron? yeah i i would say it's um Closer to a ten now. Let's say uh, it's it's hard to do this because y'all will know what I'm referencing. But if I just told you in some faraway land, let's say um, some faraway land, uh, you hear of mobs chasing people around. You hear of attempted mass um, mass killings. You hear of attempted or at least faked um, mass killings. Uh, you hear of people getting be- beat up if they don't believe a certain way. What would you think of? You think of, well, maybe, maybe, um, maybe they don't have the, uh, the, the guns yet. Maybe they don't have rifles yet, but that sure sounds like yep. uh, a, a war. And so I would say that's why we're, we're closer to a 10, if not a 10 than we ever have been, because this is what it looks like, at least at the very, I mean, 
it does not have to look like the Civil War that mm-hmm. we already th- can look fought. like the Bolsheviks it, and the Mensheviks. It, yes, yeah. and that's mm-hmm. what I think we are. That's what we're looking at right now. And Todd's analogy of the Hundred Years' War, I thought that's, I think that's spot on. I mean, not that this is going to last that long. Like this, this country is going to last that long. But um, it doesn't necessarily mean that, that there's going to be a, fear, a period of, okay, these guys have muskets and these guys have, you know, the, the, the rifles over here or, you know, or what have you. It doesn't have to look like we think civil wars always look like. The point is, there are two different countries right now living in two different lifestyles, living in two different mindsets. And that's what we're seeing right now with all of this unrest. We are already in a civil war. And I... I I think the premise of the question is, um, and I'm not, not, not knocking you, but I think sure. the premise of the the, the question is is flawed um, because it, it it presupposes that we're not already in a hot civil war. Hmm. Well, it's Abraham Lincoln quoting from the scriptures: "A house divided against itself cannot stand." Mm-hmm. Issue three, fraudster. It was past tense. The best of times for Michael Avenetti. It's an absolute unmitigated disaster for Rudy Chris, Giuliani. Chris, I just think it's absolutely it's unbelievable, and I think well, the American people are smarter than this. You the cannot recognize the and the staying power that we have demonstrated this week. Not so much. He was hit with a court-ordered five million dollars to repay a former colleague to which he owed a debt. And his landlord won a court order evicting his firm because it skipped the last four months of rent. Then things got really bad. On Thursday afternoon, the Senate Judiciary Committee, headed up by Charles Grassley, released 12 pages of prima facie evidence against Avenetti and his client Julie Swetnick, referring them to the Department of Justice for indictment on several felonies. Swetnick was the woman who accused Brett Kavanaugh of running a drug and gang rape gang during his time at Yale. In other news, he is now the presumptive nominee for the Democratic Party in 2020. All right. So, Todd, I I know journalism is magical and not at all broken. That's one of your credos, right? But I think this is. This goes beyond, I think, the normal or or it has shown that there is simply no no dignity in this industry well at least in the cable news industry it, we we should note as i did earlier this week that it was the la times and the daily beast who are hardly conservative media who really outed uh, the problems that mr evanetti had in a personal business front before the senate judiciary committee issued their referral to the department of justice but at the, at the very least, does this not indicate that, that cable news is a cesspool? It is one of the absolute worst cesspools in the culture that um, this, is, this is the depths they sunk to to make this guy a celebrity. And they did it instantly without checking on any of his background, without wondering where this guy come from, simply because he was willing to say ridiculous criticisms about Donald Trump. Doesn't that show that, it, that at least the, when it comes to cable news, to use a, 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 a biblical analogy, the last seal has been opened. You know what I'm trying to say? That, yeah. there, that there literally is, forget professionalism, forget um, unbiased objectivism. 
this is just sleaze is what we're talking about. That's a good word for it. Uh, I'm going to have no problem you taking this even further uh, than I did, which is why I spent so much time in the first issue talking about it. Steve is describing an industry that has gone any means necessary to take out that which it believes is the other, its opponent. Th- that must be pointed out, and it must not be allowed to exist, as now it fires, again, fires Megyn Kelly for... It, it needs to be firing itself. It needs to go away. It has become, while we have all watched and clapped it on, the Jerry Springer show. That is the version of the news that they unapologetically uh, point out. Um, they're, 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 it, shrugging our shoulders and say, you know, it doesn't matter. You, you know, people aren't really listening anyways. As long as that is normative, it says so much about who we are. Now, am I talking about, is it a good, should Donald Trump be shutting down the, no, of course not. But in every way that pressure can be applied to point out that this emperor not only has no clothes, um, but it is simply running around and is a sexual perpetrator that is coming for all of you, that's the reality. That's the picture that you need to understand the press is running rampant through this culture. It is an enemy um, of the, the good, the true, and the beautiful. And I have no problem saying that. I'm not being hyperbolic. It is a revolutionary force. Over the last several years at 30 Rock, where I've gone in, I went into a job interview at 30 Rock in 2012. Um Over the last few years at 30 Rock, Nate Madden, Matt Lauer was permitted to have a rape dungeon, and Michael Evanetti became a national household name. Preach it high, preach it low. Your thoughts on on that connective tissue there, Mr. Madden? I'm with you on the judgment-proof thing from earlier in the show. I am sitting here trying to turn my brain around this and trying to come up with something that says, oh, yes, this is... Factually, yes, this is a whole new plane of of sleaze and irresponsibility and everything else that we expect at this point from the legacy media. But at this point, there's nothing they can do to surprise us. There's nothing. There is no depth that these folks in in their attempt to say orange man bad. There is no depth that these people will sink to while circling the wagons around the Matt Lowers and everybody else and the irresponsible things that their own journalists do. And still, still try to lecture the American people about how they are somehow the gatekeepers. They are the truth. Like They're the only objective voice in the room, and they're holding Trump accountable. They're holding everyone accountable, and they're lecturing us toothless morons out in real America. I, There is no depth that surprises me. Yes, that is a if I have to, I, I have to step back and get out of my own mindset for a second to realize the gravity of the juxtaposition that you've pointed out, because at this point, it's just par for the course. Aaron. Yeah, um, it's it's like somebody going into your home, dropping trowel and taking a whiz and saying, hey, hey, you got a leak. This is this is the media. Hey, you got a leak over here. And no, no, you're 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 peeing. No, you got a leak over here, and then Michael Avenetti comes along, and once they've successfully, you know, chased us out of our own house because they keep, you know, whizzing all over the place, Michael Avenetti comes along, and then they just go ahead and, you know, it's it's theirs now. They kind of took it, they took the space from us, and now they just trash the house. That that is that is they're not. Even, my point is they're not even respecting them themselves. They have yes. no 
They have no self-respect at all. You would think with egos as large as even the most podunk reporter in podunk uh, Mississippi probably has because of their association with journalism journalism and the media, um, you would think they would have some self-respect, but there is none of that. There is just the Borg. I mean, the groupthink. That is what the media is. It's the groupthink. It is progressivism, and it is all for you, Damien. I love you, Damien. Nice but it, like even past that point, like it's 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 not even the the, the group think yes is progressivism, and it's not that they don't have any self respect. They have more. They have self respect to the point of pride and hubris. They don't re- realize that they're they're peddling progressivism because they themselves think that they are purveying this truth, and that yeah. they they end up. There are so many people in this profession, in my at legacy outlets in my profession, who have this sort of messiah complex, especially in the mm-hmm. age of Trump who can't see past their own nose and realize their own bias. They're biased because they have imagined themselves as these prophets and messiahs of truth. Yes. Yeah, see, Trump has to be the villain here. And I'm not a Trump fan, by the way, in general. But but Trump has to be the the archetype, sniveling, uh, you know, handlebar mustached villain here. Because if Trump is the symptom, as I believe that he is, and not the villain, then who's the villain? They are. They are. They, they, and Dr. Frankenstein always, whether it was the Republican establishment, I used to say this about the Republican establishment when Trump was first ascending, it now applies to the media as well. Dr. Frankenstein always hates the monster he creates every time, every single time. Exit question. A few months ago, several of us, yours truly included, thought Evan Eddy would be a factor in the 2020 Democratic presidential primary. Do you still feel that way given these revelations? Nate. Oh, yeah, he's going to be a factor, whether or not he's actually a contributing factor, whether or not he's just the the butt of the joke for the early primary days is, remains to be seen. But look, it, it, there's always at least one, usually multiple Democratic presidential candidates that don't understand how bad they are for the party's brand. Right. The last one got the nomination. And this time you've got another out. Of so who the hell knows, Nate, man? Nate gets it. <laughs> Nate gets it. <laughs> I'm not even sure I agree with it, but I'm going to let it stand just because I thought it was so good. Todd, go ahead. What, what do you Nate think? said is why the answer is yes. Aaron, even more so now. I think I totally disagree with you guys, but you know what? I, I'm so enjoying the narrative you're casting. I'm just going to let it stand unchallenged. Good. I'm going to let you have good. this one. All right. All right. Issue four. Finally, a real debate. Thrillists released their top 30 Halloween candies. Here's the top 10. Hershey's, Reese's Pieces, Nestle Crunch, Mr. Goodbar, 100 Grand, Butterfinger, Kit Kat, Snickers, Twix, and of course, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Now, despite what you think, or regardless of what you think of that list, it does not include candy corn. And in this time of strife and division, I think we can all come together and agree Candy corn is the worst. By the way, it was all manufactured, all of it, in the year 1949. And no, I don't need a source because you know it's true. (laughs) You know, again, I got to agree with the millennial. Candy corn sucks, okay? All right, so true or false, gentlemen? Reese's peanut butter cups, actually true or true? True or true? Reese's peanut butter cups are the number one Halloween candy. Nate. 
I mean, it's true. I mean, like the sales numbers, the, the simply the market saturation, and, that, and the ease and the joy of just pulling one of those single peanut yeah, butter patty cups out of the, out of the bag. And like, yeah. yes, I'm going into this thing. It's yes. substantial. It's tasty. It, it has, you know, it has everything you want in a Halloween candy. It's, yes. it's well done. And it's a good little boost to help me get those 100 grams of protein I need in a day as well, Todd, with the peanut butter. <laughs> it's yes. definitely number yeah. one in the chocolate category. I have two categories. There's also the the fruity category yeah. for those. Yeah. As long uh, as you have a separate category, yes. you have another uh, one. Yes. Yes. The, the little three-pack of sweet tarts, that's that's like crack for me. Aaron, true or true? Um, well, it's true. I kind of wish we had Chris on the panel, uh, Chris Pandolfo from Conservative Review on the panel today because he does not like Reese's peanut butter cups. And he should be deported. Yeah, yeah. Exit. I, I agree as well. One, uh, one I'm, I'm, I'm dead serious. Okay. He should be why deported is, for I, that. I, yeah, uh, nerds. Why does it not surprise me that Chris is the contrarian yeah. on this? Yes. Like, just on an obvious matter. I feel taste. like I feel like Matt Walsh column coming yeah. on. Yeah. On second thought, Reese's peanut butter cups aren't very good, and Star Wars is overrated, right? Uh, <laughs> exit question. True or damn millennials? True or true? A hundred grand is the most underrated Halloween candy. I only get them once a year when the kids bring those home, and I eat every last one of them. I love those things. I can't even remember what they taste like. I Just say true. I don't know. No. <laughs> Nate, true or true? 100 grand's the most underrated one. False. No, dude. Peanut Fun-sized peanut butter Twix, the most underrated, underappreciated mm-hmm. hero of the Halloween season. All right. Since it had peanut butter in it, I will allow your objection to stand. Aaron? False. Uh, nerds. 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 Nerds? Nerds. I, you know what? Nerds. I used to. I had my shared nerds and runts. Remember runts? Oh yeah. They were oh, shaped yeah. like the fruit. Yeah. Remember those back in the day? They just like crack your fillings. Remember those? Those were great too. Yeah. All no, right. Like I, Go ahead, Nate. You want to have a comment on runts? I feel like I officially became old the minute someone said like nerds and runts, and my teeth instinctively started hurting. <laughs> yes. They started to chatter. That's when I became an old. All right, we got a minute. Quickly, predictions. Todd, go. Even knowing the new news, uh, I'm going to hold the Republicans are going to keep the House. Nate, quickly go. Republicans keep the House by under five. Aaron, go. Not enough time. Not enough time. We never, ever again see a Republican governor in California, ever. That's mine. Nate, thank you. Thank you. All right, back with hour two here of the Steve Day Show live on the Blaze on demand at CRTV. Steve at stevedace.com is the email address. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Last name is spelled D E A C E. We're going to get to some of the feedback that you have sent us uh, in recent days in just a few moments. Phone number here on the program 888 we're still getting breaking news about the Florida bomber that uh, I want us to address in, in real time while uh, confirmed updates are coming. And a good place, by the way, if you're not somewhere where you can watch a newscast or you don't want to break away from watching us, my Facebook page right now, the, the, the thread where I first uh, posted about the arrest that was done this morning of the suspect, I have been posting uh, real-time updates of confirmed information as they've been coming in. All right, so for those of you that are just tuning in, yeah, here's the recap. Um, Cesar Altiari, I've heard it, Seiko and Sayoc. So I don't know. The, the spelling is S-A-Y-O-C, but I, I have heard some of the media pronouncing it Seiko the other way. Um, 
appears to have owned a company, North America, Native American Vending. Uh, his Twitter feed has mentioned that he had been doing some promotions uh, work uh, in there in the Florida community. Um, he has a long arrest record going back uh, more than a decade, including a bomb threat back in 2002. So I think I counted something like 30 different uh, incident reports or something with this gentleman. Going back many, many, many years, he's been on the radar of uh, local authorities anyway. The, the the van is confirmed, the thing that we saw. Uh, there's two different vans that you're seeing on social media. One is not his, but one of the vans that you're seeing on social media that is littered with uh, essentially, you know, full coverings of bumper stickers and anti-CNN memes, etc. cetera. Uh, one of those vans you're seeing on social media, if you're following this in real time there, one of those does belong to him. His Twitter feed also is essentially Alex Jones's greatest hits uh, with every um, you know, cons- uh, conspiracy theory you could possibly imagine located there as well, including, ironically enough, uh, calling shootings uh, false flag operations, which is ironic because that's what my Twitter feed and my Facebook wall was, was replete with people on our side uh, when the when the bombings began a couple days ago, that this was a false flags of uh, George Soros leftists who were attempting to uh, change the the momentum the GOP had by creating uh, Trump opponents as sympathetic figures by creating this um, archetype of a of a bomber in order to change the narrative. So um, that's the information we have confirmed. Now he has not been found guilty of anything, okay? That's why we're using the term suspect. But based on the news that continues to develop and is breaking, um, where do you guys see this story going over the weekend? Todd, I'll start with you. Uh, I'm certain it's going in the direction of crazy leftist slash journalism overreach. What what the repercussions of that are going to be, at least as it applies to the narrow window that now is the election, which is what just nine nine days away, ten days away, whatever it is, ten days away. I'm not I'm not sure about the consequences, but I'm absolutely certain that the overreach is is going to be um, real and spectacular. They can't help themselves. That we are all uh, we are all going to be. Uh, bombers now if you are a republican if you're a christian if you're a white male all of the above uh katie tur all just got done showing it uh in with um eric erickson on a show just tried to basically say this is all all everything it's all donald trump's fault um they are in full hysteria mode it's up to 11 yeah and it i really can't add much more to what what todd said it's it's going to be what andrew uh cuomo was the other night um on on cnn it is this is domestic terrorism this is red versus blue terrorism it's going to be that times dialed up to 11 as always and so that's that's what it's going to be by the end of the weekend all of us all of us all of us not progressives in what's left of america are terrorists we will be terrorists because we are somehow connected to this guy. Uh, th- that's the way this is going to go. However, in Florida, I don't think that I don't think that changes the reality that um, that DeSantis could be in trouble. I think if there's if if the left has lost any momentum or energy or enthusiasm based on 
X, Y, and Z over the last couple of months. That's going to be dialed back up again. Um, I don't think it's I don't think it's late enough. And uh, actually, we I, I meant to bring this up on the show and well on the in the first hour during the day's group. You guys remember what Daniel Horowitz said about this um, on Wednesday? He said that this doesn't. He he said he can't see this really having much of an impact. Mobs have an impact. Mobs move people. Not um, the the subtlety was the 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 word that he used to describe this. He doesn't see this moving much at all. So I don't know. I I, I am. I'm certain that the left will overreach. I'm certain that we will all be terrorists by the end of the weekend. Uh, but I'm in kind of a wait-and-see mo- mode politically with this. It's certain that this is going to cover up any stories about Andrew Gillum's um, alleged corruption in Florida in that governor's race. So I-, I think the best thing for all of us is just to wait and see. But uh, again, we are going to be terrorists. Yeah, I hate the fact that we're even analyzing this politically. It's just... Um, you know, I hate the fact that I can do 54 pushups in one minute and I, I still have some love handles. So there's lots of things in this world I hate, but they're reality. And so I have to live in the world as it is. Okay. If I go get a Schmedium shirt for all, all the weight I can bench press, it's not going to look good and it's not going to fit. So I, I can have the reality I prefer or I can have the reality that is. So since we have to live in the reality, it is, right? That was one of our first shows. Uh, and one of our first worldview mottos is that we have to live in the world as it is, not as we prefer it to be. So since this is the world that we live in, there is no way to avoid not discussing it politically because we just don't have a unified people anymore that are capable of just saying, this crazy evildoer probably ought to get the electric chair. And, and then we move on to... Uh, the other daily events of the day. We're not, we're not capable of that. I agree. We're going to see if, whatever mediagasm you thought you have witnessed in recent times. Spinal Tap has no, has no number on their amp for what the next 72 hours is going to look like. This is going to be an orgy of self-righteousness. I mean, an orgy of it. Uh, and some of it, some of it, based on who the guy is and what his motivations are, some of it will even be justified. But I agree with you, Todd, that they will go so far that um, it could be, it'll become white noise to the point that if they showed them, if they actually showed a modicum of restraint and decency, and they could probably get some of the high ground on the president for. Uh, encouraging this level of insanity but 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 we're not dealing with sam donaldson types anymore that would be capable of doing what what i'm talking about we're dealing with the katie turs of the world we're dealing with the nicole has there been a day this week i've not seen a clip of nicole wallace on msnbc uh advocating violence against the president have you has there literally been that clip in my twitter feed on her from her show every day this week i think so someone should choke him someone should hit him someone should punch him i told jeb bush to punch him okay i mean because that's what we're dealing with here, you're essentially, um, it's, it's like in pro wrestling. You're, you're asking Hulk Hogan not to go all the way in putting down the Iron Sheik. That's just not going to happen, guys. All right, so because of that, some of, some of the benefit they could, they could glean from this, they will cancel out on their own. I, yes. I wholeheartedly agree with you on that. Um, I also think, similar to what we said about stories like Russian collusion and other stories, 
and I've said this throughout the course of the year, everybody that's going to, no one's going to get up in 10 days. No one. I, I mean, I know we have 330 million people, no registered voter, not one. I promise this voter does not exist. No one is going to get up on election day in 10 days and say, you know, I really was unsure about how to vote today, but I just was doing some, I just Googled it and it turns out Trump's a Russian agent. So I'm, I'm voting straight ticket. The voter doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. Likewise, I don't believe that's a voter that's going to get up on Tuesday, uh, a week from Tuesday. He's going to say, man, I just, I'm really torn here, but I saw this really killer anti-CNN meme on Reddit. So I'm going straight ticket R. I, voter doesn't exist. Anybody that's moved by issues like this is largely already where they're at. Like, I don't think there's a swing voter out there that, that was, on the, was on tilt about whether they thought the Republicans deserved control of the House. And, and now because of this psych job, whack job is, is, is going is to change their mind. Where it will have an impact politically is if you are, and Aaron went to the race that's a good example of it, if you're a Ron DeSantis and, and the polls show you're closing the gap with Andrew Gillum and it's basically a toss-up race, and right now all the news for Andrew Gillum is bad, there's even another story today about him taking a payment, perhaps, that he didn't report, okay? all You need those stories. You need that narrative out there, and this is going to shut all of that down. That's where it's going to impact the electorate. People are going to change their votes based on this, but the stuff that, that could be covered that might change their votes, the media, yeah, it's gone. And, and it won't just even be in the mainstream media. Fox will have no other coverage other than a story like this, for example. Well, I, I, I change, I, I'll change my mind on that. Uh, it'll be 80-20. Everybody else would be like 110 or 100 nothing, I should say. Fox would be like 70-30, the bombing, and then 30% helping the Republicans get out the vote. And you need that ratio to be wider. That's what this is going to do. Is it's going to if you're in one of those races, a, you know, a Jordan is that the guy's name in in Michigan that was a poll recently showed he was closing the gap on Debbie Stabenow. If you're a Ron DeSantis, if you're the Senate candidate in Michigan, if you're one of those races where you are behind, but the but the polls were showing the gap as Republican voters were coming home and getting more energized, the gap was narrowing. The narrative, the new the news that you want in the media right now is all going to disappear. I think generally you are right in terms of the lay of the land, the playing field. But now it de- those people you mentioned, it de- it depends on if how they want to play within that arena. If they decide, regardless of their various foibles, to have a Brett Kavanaugh moment, mm-hmm. there's there's the, the moment is rife for people to stand up and say, I'm sick of this. Let's find a better way in, in a way that... Get, that wakes people up in a way that they are they they could vote Republican or Democrat depending on any whim. Those people are still uh, out there and 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 shake them up. And that's not a pro Republican argument I am making. That is a wake up and try something different argument. What do you think, Aaron, of my theory? Uh, no, I think you yeah you put the uh, as far as the political outcome and yeah it's it's dumb to. It, Dumb that we have to talk about it. Uh, as far as the political outcome, you, you were saying what I was trying to, to, to formulate, meaning that nobody is going to change their vote because of Caesar Sayoc, um, but because Caesar Sayoc is the only thing that's going to be talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, things that might change people's minds or maybe motivate them to actually get out when they weren't. Uh, those things are going to be sidelined. So it, it could have a static impact at best. Um, at worst, it could. Uh, it, it could derail some some people's uh, campaigns, like 
like what we just talked about as far as uh, DeSantis in Florida. Um, I think, again, the, the other part of this um, th- that that's going to be fascinating to, to watch, I think, over this, this next uh, couple of days, probably 48 to 72 hours, is what the response will be from people who are already in Washington. Um, are they going to go with the media? Uh, we, we kind of hit on this in a, in a different context. Are they going to? Are politicians going to go along with the media, or are they actually going to stand up when when the media overreaches and tries to label label us all as terrorists? I, I think that's going to be fascinating to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if they're just going to punt and say, "Yeah, well, you know, there are crazy people out there." Are they going to punt and actually throw us under the bus, or are they actually going to stand up? That's that's going to be fascinating to watch. I think we know what the answer to that is going to be for some people. Um, but that that's another thing to watch as well. I don't think anybody who's already not comfortable with defending Trump when he's not worthy of defending is going to make any on-camera appearances at all next 72 hours. And I think you'll, you'll largely see that camp uh, broken into two, two people, really. Your nauseatingly, nauseatingly obnoxious Trump shill who if Trump bombed CNN headquarters would go on, you know, meet the press and say, well, they kind of had it coming, that type. Or John Kasich. Okay. The person in my mind. Yeah, like like John Kasich and Jeff Flake, man. I, I'm sorry. I want to apologize to their families in advance. Their weekends or whatever weekend plans you guys had. Pop's going to be busy now because he's got to be on every damn show or, or Evan McMullen's family. Got some family. virtue signaling to do. Yeah, Evan McMullen. Yeah, th- that's three families that we need to apologize to right now. If you're in the Flake, Kasich, or McMullen families and you had any kind of plans with the old man this weekend... I think we're. I think if there's anything about this story, we can say right now. We may not know what the fallout is. If there's one thing, I think we all know: metaphysical certitude, as right as rain, true as gravity, exists. If you had, if you're in the McMullen, Kasich, or Flake households, and you had any plans with the old man this weekend, reschedule. I was under the impression Kasich had already embedded himself in the in the um, migrant caravan, <laughs> migrant caravan there. Yeah, God, God wants guys. God, Saint Peter. Saint Peter is calling John Kasich to Thirty Rock as we speak. Uh, And 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 listen, the problem probably if you're in the McMullen, Kasich, and Flake families, you know how this rolls. You had no plans with the old man this weekend. You were just you were you were actually kind of sweating it out. You're you're looking at the watch around him Friday at eight a.m. You're like, Pops needs a you know needs a brand new bag. Pops needs. Of some virtue signaling talking point. Otherwise, he ain't going to get on the Sunday morning shows this week. Lo and behold, Caesar Syoc shows up with his van down by the river, and Daddy has got his talking point memo to send out. Uh, and the McMullen, Kasich, and Flake families, happy times. Actually, they're not upset. Happy times are here again because they know old man will get the bills paid this weekend with all the virtue signaling and Cheeto Jesus Pearl Clutching he's going to be doing on uh, on the Sunday morning show. It's going to get an amen on that. Amen. Amen. What th- this is a crappy. It, you know what this is, Steve? Crappy existence. You know what this is? It's a great weekend to just watch football and Damn straight else. it is. I'm not going to watch any of this. I'm just going to start on watching football and hang out with my family. That's all I'm going to do. I watch I watch as much of this as I need to to do this show. And and nothing more. I don't see how I don't see how people just Hey, I'm back from work. Let's turn on. Uh, let's turn on MSNBC. I got back from from work last night, 
Uh, flipped on the local news, it's terrible. Flipped it, and then right after that, it's Inside ed- Edition, and it's like, people watch this crap. People watch it. I don't see how they do, and it, I don't see how they will this weekend. I don't know how anybody consumes any of this at, on any of these channels in mass quantities without having it just darkening the soul. Yeah. Without having, without walking away and just as as and just hating life worse than you did going in. I don't know how anybody does it. That's my argument from the beginning of the show, why it's so important not to just kind of acknowledge it. we got to go in and tear down those astro poles, man. It is killing us. Let's get to some feedback Friday. Each Friday at this time in our final hour of the show, we take a look at some of the feedback that you've sent to us via the stevedace.com inbox here on the Blaze and Sierra TV. Steve at stevedace.com is one way you can access that by emailing us. You can look us up on Facebook by liking us there. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Let's start with Leif, who writes, I was wondering if you could address the growing trend of Christian Marxism. I'll, I'll stop right there. This, doesn't, it, it, this is an oxymoron. It's like moderate Arab nation, local celebrity, or military intelligence. This doesn't exist, guys. All right, these are things we say, or same difference. That always has bugged me. How can something be same and different at the same time? Anybody know? Okay. So these are things we say, or everything's relative. Well, you just made an absolute statement, so there's at least one thing that's not relative. You just said it, right? These are things we say that um, refute themselves. They are self-contradictory, but I'll play along. Okay. He wants us to address the growing trend of Christian Marxism. He says, I am entering my sophomore year of college at a small Christian university, which Aaron apparently, I think you could verify, might be his second mistake. Uh, I was under the impression that it had a more conservative outlook. Mistake number three. We're only, <laughs> no we're one, freaking We're one kidding. sentence, poor guy. And it's not your fault, Leaf. It's not your fault. Someone should have warned you about this, okay? Uh, but I have been proved wrong. There has been a large focus on white privilege and white guilt. I've heard things like, I don't believe in racial reconciliation. That implies there are two parties at fault. Or worshiping whitely is not worshiping rightly. Or Black Lives Matters is a necessary movement. Also, a speaker promoting critical race theory. Noticeably missing, there was no chapel that focused even remotely on, say, being pro-life. There may have been two comments in passing about being pro-life the whole year. Also not mentioned was religious liberty or defending marriage or gender. However, there was a talk on being nice to farm animals. They have not abandoned the gospel, yet they have uncritically accepted all of these popular movements. Let me stop you right there. They've abandoned the they gospel. They abandoned the gospel. Yep. I, don't, I don't need to go on. I, I, there's some other good stuff um, in your note, Leif, but this goes to what you were saying earlier, that going after media bias even though it, it, everybody kind of already knows the game, the, one of the primary reasons to continue to do it is to force, ev- to force the system to admit that's what's happening here, yes. to bring it to justice, yes. right? Okay. So Leif, let me just tell you right now. Find other reasons to continue attending this school other than your continued belief in the fallacy that it's a Christian university. If it's good in the field of study that you're that 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 um, you're pursuing, go for that reason, like you would a public university. Okay, like you know, th- such and such a school has an excellent med school. You know, um, so I'm gonna go to the pagan school because it's got a great med school, 
and I'm not, I'll just, you know, join a youth group or a church group on my own time, but I'm, I want to be a doctor. I want to heal people and I'll get great technical training for that. And that's why I'm here. Do not attend this university for any reason other than that. You're not going to a Christian university. And you know, the Unitarian church with the two lesbian ministers, when you go on their website, they tell you, they, they've got like the, you know, the apostles creed and the Heidelberg catechism up there on their websites. They, they never just say, um, here's, you know, we're heretics and here's why. Okay. We're wolves. Yeah. I mean, you're, this isn't a Christian school. Like it's not, they've, they've abandoned the gospel. They, 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 at best they've syncretized it to the prevailing progressive winds of the age, but the gospel is a singular entity. It cannot syncretize. It's holy and set apart from this world. Well, part of Alpha and Omega, yes. don't you understand? Yeah, it's, it, it's, a, it's not of this world. So it, it, cannot, it cannot syncretize to the things of this world. Okay, so um, get out or just admit to yourself, it's not a Christian university, but in the field of study that I'm pursuing, it can help me get to where I want to go. And this is a transactional process, not a theological one. Does anybody disagree with that? No, I'm... No. I, my, the college that I went to, um, it actually, back in the early 2000s, it won a fight. The, the Bible department, the old school Bible department, actually won a fight. Now, they didn't win the war, um, but they won a fight with the administration who was trying to essentially push them out. Um, and when I, when, I, when I ceased going there full time, this t- type of stuff was increasingly coming in. Um, Gospel-centered blank is just code word for social justice, yep. this um, mother. Uh, that's basically what this is. Um, there's still a lot of people, a lot of good people there, but I, I say all that to say this as well. Uh, I would not be right here where I am without the opportunities that that particular place presented me. And that's why I liked going there. And that's why it's still worth it. And that's why I'm still paying loans. But that's why it was a great place to be mm-hmm. because it gave me a ton of opportunities. Yep. Transactional. You paid them yes. to give you the skill set and relationships you needed exactly. to professionally get where you wanted that to is, go. That's what, and that's That's the only reason why I'd yep. ever go to college because you can learn everything there, everything, every, everything there online too. <laughs> You guys can maybe help me. What, what off the top of your head is is what you still believe to be a really good Protestant Christian college? I, I it, whatever that, whatever that is, um, York School is a lot um, less close to that than it is to having a Georgetown problem that is indicative of where the Catholic identity yeah, that's a great replaces. Yeah. It's not a Catholic school anymore. Yeah. It just isn't, and it trades on that for any number of reasons that are. All lies. You, there, your school has a Georgetown problem. Yeah, there are always going to be good people. I, uh, not always, but most of the time in some of these, in a lot of these evangelical or probably even Catholic uh, private colleges as well, there's still going to be good professors there. There's still going to be grounded, uh, just like there is and are where I went to school, really, really solid people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it, you just have to remind yourself, um, you have to remind yourself that anywhere where there's going to be a group of people together, there's not going to be perfection, um, and so it, we have to we have to untether ourselves from any notions of uh, nostalgia where that's concerned. You know, to answer your question, and in fact, ask me that question again in a couple seconds because I want to answer it. Okay, because I may have a surprising answer for the audience. But in his email, Leif asked another question. He said, "Should I have more sympathy for historically oppressed people?" 
Oh the, an, the answer to that question is yes, but not for the reason right. that that school is teaching you. Yep. You should have, you should have, you should, because Jesus who forgave you of your sins and saved you from your sins, which is the only reason why you don't oppress other people is because you're a saint and not a sinner. He has given you a new heart, a heart of flesh, as opposed to a heart of stone. That's the only reason why you're not oppressing people, Leif, is because you're another person now. You're different. All right. And and that's why you that's why you are free to love your neighbor as you love yourself. John Newton didn't get to get up one day and say, Man, you know, I'm making too much money trading these slaves. I'm just gonna give it up. No, he had a transformation. And he went from a slave ship owner to writing amazing amazing grace. Okay? It was grace that taught, what's one of the most powerful lyrics in that song? It was grace that taught my heart to fear, to fear. Opening, one of the opening lines of Proverbs, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I don't want to be afraid of God. Well, um, I don't know, maybe you want hell. God. Okay, he's God, you're not. Be afraid, okay? He's the only undefeated being in the universe, don't run counter to him. You're going to lose every single time. And what did John Newton mean by that? It means God gave me a new heart before I did these wicked things to other people because I had no fear for the hell that awaited me for doing them. And then God gave me a transformation of the heart and the soul. And I realized, oh boy, if I continue oppressing people like this, I'm going to face eternal oppression and torment separated from God in a place called hell. So, dude, I got to come correct. I got to change my way of living. That's what he meant by fear. The, what, what, your school, Leaf, and others that are doing this, they are preaching the disease as the antidote to the disease. The gospel is the reason you're not a racist or a rapist or a murderer, etc., Liars, thieves, adulterers, homosexuals, fornicators, murderers, rapists, none of these inherit the kingdom of heaven, such as once were all of you. But you're not that anymore. Okay? And when the flesh calls that you answer the siren song of the flesh and you return back, repent. What's the opening paragraph, basically, of Martin Luther's 95 Theses can be summed up in the Christian life as a life of repentance. The Catholic next to me would tell you that those ritual, those those rituals of sacraments that you Protestants uh, trash and tear down, we see them as a system of repentance. That's what you would say, right? That's They're reminders right. of our need to repent. That's why we have these sacraments. That that therefore, by the grace of God, go I. And as Paul said, if I don't die daily, I'm going to return back to the life that I left behind because my flesh is still covering this new heart and new soul and craves, craves to go back to the old way. That's that Romans 7 war. That's what your Christian school ought to be preaching as the antidote to racism. That racist will be in hell to be tormented forever. It's separated from God. If they don't repent of their sin, same as the rapist, the murderer, etc. That's... That's how you know they've abandoned the gospel, is they are seeking self-righteous, progressive, fleshy solutions to, the, to, to what, and those are the things that cause things like racism to begin with. That's the issue here. Now, you asked me an interesting question a minute ago. I'm gonna, I gotta, 
a surprising answer to this. About the particular school? Yeah. yeah. When we come back, stay tuned. You're listening to us, watching us as well. Live here on The Blaze, on demand at CRTV. All right, back here on a Feedback Friday, live on The Blaze, on demand at CRTV. I'm Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron are here with me as well. One last follow-up to Leif, uh, or Leif, I'm not sure how it's pronounced. I pronounced it both ways, just to make sure I covered uh, all the ground possible. Because I'm a guy whose name has been mispronounced my entire life. Dice, dense, dice, dace. So I try to be sensitive to other people whose names aren't necessarily conventional. But uh, he, he, you asked in relation to his email about his uh, Christian college at isn't very Christian anymore. Um, you know, what would be a specific example of, of some place that does it right? My answer is going to surprise you. And it's from my own personal experience, both in dealing with a lot of its uh, graduates and students in my career. I think I know where you're going. But my wife is now a current student. I just haven't had a chance to tell you guys this yet. Right? So my wife is uh, doing uh, Liberty University's um, online a degree program, getting a second master's as, uh, for her counseling ministry. And I've gone through for the last few weeks uh, since she started up and what the curriculum and stuff looks like, and it is rock solid, biblical. And But here's the thing. We have to be careful not to be self-righteous about going astray for politics because the assumption we have is those of us who have a, a small o orthodox theology is that it's this is primarily the bane of or the temptation of those on the left. But you can do this the other way as well. The other way as well. And I would make the argument, I've said it publicly, that Jerry Falwell Jr. is an example of this. And so I, I, I think it's important that we are able to walk and chew gum at the same time. If he wants to go out there and be clown himself and, and use the, the title of president of this university as, a, as an excuse to be clown himself, to ridiculously shill for John, Donald Trump, it doesn't automatically mean that the rest of the university is taking its cue and has decided to just basically leave its first love behind and, and you know, teach some a different gospel. Because from what I'm seeing from the classes my wife has taken, that's not, that's not occurring whatsoever. And so I, I think, though, we have to be careful that that can be the temptation. That, that, that's why it's called a narrow road, guys. And it says not to look to either the left or to the right. Now, it doesn't mean that in a political context. It means that in a in a spiritual one, but but we can be persuaded off of that path by the things of this world, no matter what particular uniform we are wearing at the time. Is that the school you thought I was going to mention, Eric? No, it was not. Um, but that is that is interesting. I've I've had several uh, several like experiences with uh, with uh, Liberty students and um, and alumni as well. And um, I, I mean that's. I think I don't think you'll you'll go too you'll have to go too far to find curriculum, and I'm not doubting you, but I don't think you'll have to go too far to find curriculum that's still really really solid, and like I said, professors who are really really solid. I think the uh, conflict, at least from what I've seen, most of the time comes between the leadership and uh, the actual faculty, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that seems to be. I mean, look at what ha- what happened at Moody last year, and sure. what is still unfolding. That's happened at where I went to school, and um, that's that's happened. Oh, good grief! That's uh, that's happened. I, I'm I've got another one at the top of my head that I can't think of right now, but 
Um, that that seems to be where the conflict comes in, where they're trying to be more open so they can get more people to come, and the faculty is saying no, uh, we're we're not going to sacrifice you know what we what we believe in, our basically our brand in order to just appeal to more people. That's that's where I've seen the most. And you know, in our house, we're having these conversations right now. We have a senior in high school who has a really good student, but isn't entirely sure yet what she wants to do. She just knows she doesn't want to go rack up, get, start a student loan debt clock that, you know, she's got to pay for the next, uh, you know, 20 years or until the Democrats get back control of government and, and forgive all the debt. Anyway, she's not anxious to start a student loan uh, debt clock for uh, something she's not sure that she wants to pursue. So she's still trying to figure out, is she, is she talented and gifted enough? To, per, to pursue a career in stage performing. That's one particular route. She actually has been working uh, pretty much full-time at a department store in the mall, and she loves the store and the people there, and she's even thought about, you know, I can make a good living being a manager here, and I don't have to go get, you know, uh, six figures of student loan debt to, to do that if I, if I want to do that, and then I could still do community theater if I want to go that route. Maybe I do want to do a four-year school, so we've looked at places like uh, there's a small Christian performing arts college in Ohio. It's called Cedarville. That looks pretty solid. She's looked at a couple of the small uh, Christian schools in our community that aren't Christian anymore, and I told her that, like Central here in our, here in our, in, in our backyard over in Pella. I love Pella. It's my favorite Iowa town. And they've got Central College, a pretty cool school, school. I used to cover sporting events there in my sports writer days. But it's all the same white privilege stuff that was just, it's not primarily, it, it's not a Christian college anymore. It's a, it's a school that has some Christian tradition, but it's by and large a progressive university. I didn't tell her that so that, you know, to say don't go there if it's got the programs you're looking for. I told her that so she could understand what she's dealing with here, that I'm going there this isn't probably the place to go that based on my faith, I'm going to go there based on if it's the right academic fit for the skill set that I need. So we're having some of these conversations in our house right now. And I just would just, you know, to me, just be honest with each other. Uh, you know, just because, you know, your, your school claims to be Christian and it's not, doesn't mean it doesn't have a really cool engineering program that can help you out. Just, you know, don't fall for their fake religion. And I'd say the same thing if you went to a public school. That is a great engineering program. Like Iowa State up the road here has one of the great engineering programs in the country. It's a pagan school. So, you know, just know that going in. Uh, you're an adult. About time you start learning now as you leave the cocoon of mommy and daddy's house that you're, you're going to be in an environment for the rest of your life where not everybody's going to pat you on your head and, and love Jesus as much as you. Chances are most won't. So you have to figure out how to chew up the meat and spit out the bones, how to love people uh, for where they're at without letting them draw you astray. Might as well start learning the adult world now because that's where you're going to live the rest of your life, right? Might as well figure it out. So just be honest. I think too, too, too often we as Christian parents are not honest with our kids. Just be honest. That's bad. That's good. That's bad with good. That's good with bad. Just, just be honest. Treat them like adults. Linda writes... Conservative media is giving us Cheez-Its because these are cheaper than steak and the other media is offering us liver and sardines. So they do not have to offer anything better than Cheez-Its. Beck and CRTV are the only conservative media with meat on their shows. You guys should consider joining together. She sent me that email on August 17th. Nice. <laughs> I just thought I would share that. Liver and sardines. I like the liver and sardines reference, though. That's called breakfast on Tuesday. I've never tried it, but I every cartoon I watched as a kid depicted it as a nasty food. So I'm like, I, I'm stigmatized. I can't. You ever eat that stuff? No, but I think I could give it yeah, a Yeah, I, I can't. I can't. I'm I'm convinced it's terrible, even though I've never tried it. My mind is convinced. With a with the like you know liver and uh, sardines with uh, 
just straight vinegar dressing. That's that's got Todd written all over it. No, Todd would consume Let's just go. about anything with he vinegar. He said vinegar. Let's go. Yeah, that's what I. There's not much if you covered it in chocolate. I would not. I would not eat. I am a chocolate fanatic. Trent says I'm a 22 year old guy from Georgia, and I know this has absolutely nothing to do with most of the topics you discuss whatsoever. But I wanted an outside perspective on my situation. I'm coaching at my former high school for this year's cross-country season um, because I'm at home this semester for college. I also did not want to be sitting at home doing calculus all day or get caught up playing FIFA on, uh, on, you know, on PlayStation a lot either. Now, How did you allow this much soccer on the show willingly? What I have to say, I, I, you know... He is pushing the limits. We know it. Everybody knows what the official show position here is on soccer. It is a the leisure arm of the one world government conspiracy, and um, we all, in order to to honor Paul's dictum to give grace and mercy to each other in matters of conscience, we permit Todd's presence on the show, despite his vocal support uh, for the sport. Uh, the, like you said, there's the good, one. there's the bad. You know, yes. sort it out. Be yes. honest with each other. Yes, tolerate Todd's presence. That's a good That's way. Good way. We tolerate it. Yes. Yeah. But the but the graphics on that FIFA game, not that I would ever play it, of course. How do you know about the graphics? But I've seen it played on the displays at GameStop. Yeah, the graphics in that are pretty fresh. I'll give it up. Okay, the graphics are pretty fresh. Not enough that I would ever consider picking up. Let's be clear now. Yeah, let's be clear about this. Not that I would ever (laughs) actively partake, but passively just noticing the it's aesthetically pleasing, and that's as far as I'm willing to go. Today I learned that Steve plays FIFA. No, go ahead. This reminds me when I was a kid, a guy tried to ha- put me down in school. Because um, one of the things we used to do out when I was a kid is my parents would take me to Denny's. My brother and I did Denny's for dinner because I liked breakfast for dinner. I get the Grand Slam breakfast. We do breakfast for dinner and then we go to Kmart after dinner so that my brother and I could just go hang out in the toy section for a while. And one day I get back to school and I saw somebody uh, that I went to school with one night, one Friday night there. And Monday morning comes and he's going to put me down on the playground. And he's like, hey, man, you shop at Kmart. <laughs> and I was like, well, the only reason you know that is because I saw you there. And he kind of looked down at his shoes and walked away. <laughs> and that's where I learned the lesson about reverse the premise of your opponent and use it against him. That's where I learned that commandment. All this right? place deserves a better brand of criminal. That's right. And I'm going to give it to him. So back to Trent's note. Um, it's obvious many of these kids have never been pushed in anything, probably because they're private school kids. My question is, how do I, how do I, or what, what, what approach do I need coaching these guys? What do you think makes a good coach and what makes a bad coach? Any pointers you can give me as well? Well, from my own experience doing youth coaching, from raising three kids, from being youth coached, both good, good and poor, I'm going to give everybody a chance to answer this one. Here's my first piece of advice, or two pieces of advice. Number one, be yourself. Do not give the kids a persona that is not you, all right? So if you are a fiery, passionate guy, then be a fiery, passionate guy. If you're more of a laid-back, strong, silent type, then be that. And, and even if you, and, and that doesn't mean there aren't times yeah. when they're expecting a, 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 you know, a, a verbal lashing that you go easy on them or when they're expecting you to go easy on them that you give them something different. But I mean, in general, don't craft a persona 
different, an alter ego different than who you are. Kids nowadays, with how self-aware they are with social media and this and stuff, they smell horse pucky a mile away. They're the most sensitive to it any era of young people of probably in the history of our species. Second thing I would say is um, coach the kid, not the team. And if you coach the kid, you'll coach the team. That the team is not a formula or a construct. It's made up of what? The kids. The kids are the team. And some of the kids, if you are – the if. You know, my great temptation is I because of the way I was raised largely dysfunctionally, I respond really well to to negative reinforcement. You challenge me, man, it is on. You tell me I can't do something, you tell me I'm not good enough, I will triple Lindo, that son of a gun, just to prove it to you or die trying. Positive reinforcement because I was raised dysfunctionally, you know, I'm not I don't I'm uncomfortable with it, which isn't good, but it is the way that it is. What does that mean? I'm gonna quote the great football coach Bo Schembechler who said one of his secrets he learned was which kids to push and which kids to praise. And the kid who responds well to praise, um, you know, if you say to him, I think you can do it, he'll go and do it because you gave him the encouragement he was looking for. That's not the kid you go to and say, you suck, you can't do that. Because oh, I suck, I can't do it. He told, coach told me to. No, coach the kid. Some, figure out what the buttons of the particular kids on your team are and push those buttons and that's how you'll end up, I think, coaching the actual team rather than one size fits all. What do you think, Todd? Uh, well, coaching is something I've actually done quite a bit of in my life. Uh, it shouldn't be surprising uh, that being a good coach is uh, in its most basic fundamental parameters, not that much different than being a good father. Uh, you must have an equal balance of justice and mercy. Uh, now, stylistically, how that looks, Steve is absolutely right. Be yourself and how that comes across. Um, but at, and e- even amongst, um, you know, the greats, the, the ones who are viewed at like Vince Lombardi, uh, super hard-nosed and in your face, or the ones who are your classic— Those um, players said he, they, he, they knew he loved them at oh, the same time. You got, they, yeah. Oh, my goodness, they knew he loved them, and, and vice versa. The ones who are more placid that are viewed as the, the classic players' coaches, though, um, they could get away with that because they, they, know, they know there's a line or they know what this is ultimately uh, all about. You, 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 if, if, you, if you can't uh, get this right or you just won't um, for some sort of farcical uh, fairy dust reason, it, it, it's pretty near possible for you to be uh, a great coach uh, or uh, a great father because one does not make sense without the other. If you are just if you're just a tyrant, people will just ultimately call BS on that. If you're just a sugarcoater, people will call BS on that because both of them are ultimately lies. They're not honest. What do you think, Aaron? Yeah. Well, I've never coached really anything, but I, I, I mean, I have some thoughts. Just being, you know, I have been coached before, so I, I mean. Uh, up until July of this uh, this year, I lived in uh, from November last year to July of this year. I lived in for different reasons, a corner of a basement of a guy in my church, and uh, he had a couple boys, and he's divorced. He has a couple boys, um, one uh, eleven and eight. I think they I think they both had birthdays now. Completely different personalities. This goes to what Steve was saying, and I spent a lot of time with him. Would go out. I was basically their big brother, and you know when I left, I kind of got it. Helmet sticker because I've never been a big brother, and they both you know told me I 
I was a big brother to them, but we'd, we'd go play catch, we'd go play sports, er, everything. So I had several opportunities to encourage them and coach them. And the older one, you, I mean, he and I would just go at it against each other, whether it was video games or whether it was sports. And we would verbally lash each other as well, just because that was his personality. Even at 11, he could take it and he could throw it as well. And so we enjoyed doing that. The other one, um, he he was he's very very sensitive, and so you cannot you cannot do the things with the other one uh, that you can do with him. He needs a lot more encouragement um, along the lines of what you were saying. So yeah, coach individual players, not not the not the team at large. I, I just want to reinforce that. The other thing is as well. I don't know if it's specific to my generation and future generations, or if it's every kind of young person. Um, uh, coming up through the ranks and and, and coming of age. Uh, if you're in a team sport, especially, and I realize this is cross country, but even then, um, team sports, especially, always, always, always explain how the individual player fits into the larger team. Don't just tell them what to do and expect them to, to, to just do that. I, one of the things to this day I still hate is just being told what to do without any explanation. Okay, what's the plan here? Why are we doing this? That That is one way of motivating every player is by letting them know how this fits in and why you're doing what you're doing, especially in team sports. That's incredibly important. So always be prepared to just tell them why they're doing what they're doing. That's good advice. Let me can I throw one more thing in. And I think this is true regardless of the sport. If you're coaching young men, give them responsibility a little bit more than you think they can handle. The only way they can handle, learn to handle responsibility. Can, can you think of the only way you can learn to handle responsibility? By having it. By having By responsibility. Handle responsibility. Yeah, there's no other way. That means mistakes and all, and owning them. I had a, Last year when I coached uh, the football team, there was a young man on the team that, because he was a little bigger than everybody else, all the other kids looked up to him, but he was kind of passive, and um, I thought there was some natural leadership capabilities there, and he had a strong arm, and I thought there was a couple of technique things I could show him to turn him into a quarterback. But he was kind of always the goofball kid that, you know, was kind of the outsider, you know, a little, little ornery. He'd never really been given the job of alpha. I did. I gave him that job. And I, I could not believe over the course of the next two months the growth I saw in that young man. I mean, just that, that someone, and, 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 and that's not to implicate his family. Sometimes they need to hear this. That's what, from, the, uh, from other family yeah. sources. Yeah. They need that. They need that because after a while, they start reaching that age where mom and dad's opinion goes from the gospel to, I'm, I'm going to need two or three sources to confirm this one. And when you get into you know, 11, 12, 13-year-olds, which is what I was coaching last year, they're, they're starting to get to that age. He needed someone outside of his, outside of his uh, post office box to come to him and say, hey, you're a young man. You can be the leader, and I'm going to put that on you. Take that responsibility. Many of these kid boys have been left to be males or boys who can shave because the expectation was they could, they could never step into leadership. Put them in positions, where, not where they're in over their head, but that they have, they have to take the initiative to either succeed or fail. Enough is not being done along the lines there with our young men where that is concerned, Todd. And especially since... It- uh, yeah, there's emotional and psychological weight to it, but at a time when there's a security system, that the cost of failure is is a win or a loss in a game. Big deal, Steve. But the costs become much greater mm-hmm. when you're a man in the world and your mistakes start to have much greater consequences. 
Very well said. Hey, everybody, thank you for tuning in here to another week on The Blaze and CRTV. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the family. Stay off the cable news. It'll be there on Monday when you get back. All right? John 317. This is Steve Dace. On The Blaze Radio Network.